we got the Series B uh, December of last year, right? And How so the that? target that was a twenty-two million dollars Series B. Okay. Yep. And our our goal with that, right? That's a lot know, of money, Slater. You are on the VC path, baby. That's a lot of money. Totally. I, I mean. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like... Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hey folks, my guest today is Slater Victorov. He's the founder and CTO of Indigo Data Solutions, an enterprise AI solution for unstructured content with an emphasis on text and NLP. He's been building machine learning solutions for startups, governments, and Fortune 100 companies for the past five years and is a frequent speaker at AI conferences. Slater, you ready to take us to the top? I'm absolutely ready for it, Nathan. All right. So just to be clear, is Indigo a SaaS player or is it an agency model? You're doing consulting work. No, no, no. Uh, so we're, we're managed service, right? So it's a product company, uh, but not uh, hosted as a SaaS company. I see what you're saying. So are there sort of folks that use you over and over every month or is it they come in one time, you help them and then they leave? So uh, they buy a product that allows them to drive their own automation, right? So it, it's all, you know, it's 100% ARR, you know, they're buying a product, right? Uh, you know, will we'll usually help get them trained on the product. Uh, but from that point forward, right, they're basically automating new processes uh, and they're kind of getting more and more value out of the product as time goes on. But then, you know, also uh, generally, upselling and buying new modules and things like that. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. So there's a there's a recurring component and your upselling modules as needed, but there's a long-term relationship there. Yep, 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 exactly. Okay, so tell us what it does. Tell us, Absolutely. Is, there, is, there a customer, is there a customer story you can share and actually use their name or no? 100%, yes, okay. there is. Uh, so we've got one one customer that is a huge of ours, uh, MetLife, um, and they, they did a case study publicly with us pretty recently. Um, and they actually managed to use Indico to save over 11,000 hours uh, of effort in, uh, in, you know, end to end, it was about four weeks of time, uh, a couple of folks to save 11,000 hours. And, and, you know, at the very highest levels, what Indico does is we work on document-based automation solutions, right? So if you've got a document-based process at your enterprise and you need to scale it, that's where you plug Indico in. Okay. Uh, the way our model is very, very different than a lot of folks, kind of like you said, a lot of people in our space, they do have this sort of agency model, which is, you know, you want to process invoices, pay us, uh, you know, $10 million, we'll build an invoice box, we'll give you the invoice box. Uh, we work really, really differently. We give you a platform that lets your subject matter experts build the invoice box themselves in, in two weeks, right? But then the real power of that is instead of just stopping at invoices, because organizations, you know, you don't have one unstructured use case, you know, you've got hundreds of different kinds of documents, you know, loan applications, right, flowing all throughout your business. 
Um, so it's a really, really scalable model that, that fundamentally empowers sort of these non-technical subject matter experts to use this very, you know, kind of complex AI technology uh, to productively make, make their lives better uh, at the end of the day. And is that the primary use case or like fintech companies doing loans at scale or documents flowing through DocuSign yeah. they need to manage and organize? Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's, uh, I'll say it's less the content management, right? So less on the DocuSign, more, you know, what are the 200 data points we need to pull out of this loan application for our process, right? Uh, but yeah, you know, BFSI, it's a huge, huge focus of ours. So, you know, I mentioned uh, MetLife, but also Putnam, uh, they're, they're another customer of ours, that's, that's Boston local. Um, but but it is also broad, you know, you think any company of sufficient scale, they start to have these BFSI use cases internally. So Cushman Wakefield, uh, they're another really big uh, customer of ours, right on the uh, property side. Yep. Um, and we actually have another customer that we are uh, processing over 50 million uh, mortgage titles and deed uh, documents for all 3,000 counties across the United States. Is that your critical usage metric number of documents processed per month? That that's a really really key one. You know, there is a trade-off in volume and complexity. So you know, higher complexity documents, you know, the numbers don't have to be as high. We really focus on time on task time saved, right? That That's really kind of the ROI metric for us. Yeah. What is, I mean, do you have the number for the total number of documents processed through Indico last month? Uh, so because we're not SaaS, uh, I can't report on all of our customers in, in aggregate. What I will say is our largest customer in terms of raw uh, uh, volume, right, is processing a billion items a year with us. Um, Item is a contract? Uh, it's not a contract in this case, but, you know, it's a document. Okay, interesting. Super interesting. Okay, this is great. Now, I think people to understand sort of what where you're playing the space you're in. Help us understand sort of SMB mid-market enterprise. What's the average customer paying you like, I don't know, per month or per year? Totally. So we're very enterprise focused, right? So, you know, step in for the, the product is, you know, on the lower six-figure range, right? Annual contract. Um, you know, there are there are some, some step-ins there as well. We have some spread amongst our customers. So I would say it, it really starts about there. And then, you know, our very kind of highest customers, right, get into seven-figure contract, you know, three to five-year Kind of structures. Yep. Yep. No, that, 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 that's obviously sort of a healthy spread. You sort of see power laws in your revenue because of that. When you are signing a multi-year deal, do you give up your ability to drive expansion revenue if they fall more in love with the product or are there natural accelerators in year two, year three, year four? Yeah. So we, we've got natural accelerators. We, we tend to do it in a really usage-based way. So everything for us right now is, is based around C. So the idea is the more you use Indico, um, you know, the more the more people are going to be using the product, the more processes you're, you're automating, right? The more value you're getting, and then you will you will kind of, uh, you know, increase more. So the main levers for us really are, are the volume of documents you're processing, right? Obviously, that's important. That's really tied to compute right? The number of people you've got plugged into the process, right? And you also imagine, you know, these are happening in a, in a kind of complex enterprise. So we also have a really big developer focus as you kind of plug these into your other systems. Give me, now that we get the product and sort of the customers, uh, help me understand like day one, when did you guys launch? Totally. I, I mean, I, I, so this is, um, this is actually the second time I've been on this podcast. Um, so we did the first, what I'll call Indico V1 was back in 2000. Um, and, and actually, you know, if folks go back and, and look at the you said you said twenty you said twenty fourteen twenty fourteen yep. Why do I have twenty? I thought last time he came on, which by the way was back in twenty seventeen, so that was yes. almost twenty one hundred episodes ago in terms of what we oh, recorded. I love that. I thought you said twenty eleven, but I could have been wrong. No, so that's when I got into the space personally, right? Okay. But Indico was founded in in twenty fourteen. I see. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So Indico was founded in 2014 and I would call that Indico V1, which was that developer focused piece, you know, uh, as in, in that kind of, you know, we, we were really trying to get to a million revenue, right? We couldn't quite do it. The developer focused go to market was not working out for us. 
that gave birth to Indico V2, which, which sort of came about very, very soon after, after the conversation. So we brought in Tom Wilde as a CEO, right? I shifted over to the CTO role. And that really was the start of our enterprise go to market, right? So really, really shifting, saying instead of being being APIs, we're really going to make this product that is accessible to the user, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and so that that kind of initially launched, and we got a Gartner Cool vendor in 2019, right? And, you know, we've had a really, really nice success. I would say 2020 really was uh, the year that let us know we were on a rocket ship. Mm -hmm. Which I think last time we came on the show in 2017, you were flirting with the 50 grand a month in revenue. Did you break a million in ARR the year after that in 2018? Uh, so no, we did not that year, right? That so actually happened. it stayed about flat at, at, at that level, right? So, and, and that was a lot of the reason that we had to do the shift, right? Is that, you know, we had, we had some customers that really, really loved us, but it was just not a big enough market. So we were, you know, pretty much flat, you know, some, some wins, some misses, some ups and downs, right? Pretty much flat. Um, until we got this next product out, right? And then, and, and that's why I really say, you know, you know, we certainly had progress through 2019, you know, as we were doing the product launch. But that's really why I say 2020 was the year that like redefined our business. Got it. So that's when you broke that million dollar threshold. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like a lot of really, really awesome metrics. You know, we we grew bookings by 10x. You know, we quadrupled our ARR. Right. You know, just really, really nice uh, improvements across the. That's great. So, so, and you had 20 customers back in 2017. How many customers are you serving now today? So it's a very different um, mix of customers, yeah. right? So it, it's actually, it's probably about the same number, right? But back then when I said 20 customers, I meant 20, you know, developers, right? Now, you know, one of our customers might have, you know, 50, hundred users on it, right? But, you know, we're, we're talking uh, about 20, you know, large enterprises. Yeah, your your ACV you told me back then three or four years ago was about thirty thousand. Now it's one hundred twenty thousand, right? It, it, exactly. It's actually it's, it's it's creeping a bit north of that. Even yeah. you know it's it's above one twenty, but but yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so so the business is is changed. So it's kind of funny the the number of customers. Um, I guess if you count business units, the number is probably higher than that. But in terms of like larger enterprise, it hasn't changed that much. And if we take the, those twenty customers times that hundred grand, hundred twenty grand ACV, I mean, what that you guys are 2.4, 2.5 run rate right now. You know, I, like I said, the, uh, the the ACV is maybe a little bit higher than than one twenty, but but you're in the ballpark. You know, you're and you guys ballpark. break five in ARR by the end of this year run rate. Uh, so you know, when when we think about uh, about uh, growth, right? So we got the Series B uh, December of last year, right? And How so the that? target that was a twenty two million dollar Series B. Okay. Yep. And our, our goal with that, right? That's a lot know, of money, Slater. You are on the VC path, baby. That's a lot of money. Totally. I, I mean, look, uh, we, we wouldn't have done it if it weren't for the traction we saw, right? You know, I, I kind of threw out the numbers, right? And you, you, you've got your own numbers. I, you know, I, I'm not going to tell you exactly where the financials are of this day, right? But, you know, I can help, help get you in, in a proper you're, you're, I would say I'm being conservative. I would argue you're probably slightly perfect, larger than the perfect, perfect. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then, so our goal really, you know, a Series C company, we want to be around 10 million in ARR, right, to really get that metric, right? And, and our timing on that is, you know, 18 to 24 months, you know, after that, that last December, right? Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll say we're, we're very, very optimistic about, about hitting that, right? And, you know, you, we're not going to get to, uh, you know, that, that ballpark, that 10 million ARR, right, in, you know, call it mid to late. Uh, 2022, right, without getting to a certain place at the end of this year. 
I'm very picky with sponsors I have on the show. Usually I use the show and you guys, the audience as leverage to ask for a great deal. And I simply won't take on the sponsor unless number one, I love the product. And number two, they're giving us a special unique deal for our audience. Well, Zendesk reached out recently. And you know, me personally, I've watched other tools in Zendesk, the customer support space, increase price. They try and upsell you 20 different products. It's expensive because they want to move to the enterprise to make their investors happy. Well, Zendesk is publicly traded, and that means they have a lot of cash to throw around, which means they can afford to give startups a great discount. In fact, all these enterprise tools, I convinced them to say, you know what? We'll give it to your audience, Nathan, for free for six months. So here's the caveat. If you're pre-Series B, or you have fewer than 50 employees, you're eligible today. Go to nathanmaka.com forward slash Zendesk to get their best customer support tools totally free for six months. Again, that's today, nathanmaka.com forward slash Zendesk. Talk to me a little bit about the capital history here because yeah. it, it's sort of funky, right? I mean, you raised 3 is, million yeah, back in 2014, then like a million in 2016, then like 700 grand in 2017, sort of over. And this is again, early days where you're trying yeah. to figure out what the model is. Look, look, this is this is the Indico V1, V2, right? And you can see it immediately in the capital history, right? So, you know, we had a really strong technology, you know, in that first $3 million seed round, right? You know, like strong, strong entry, right? Really nice response from customers. And then sort of over the course of the next couple of years, we sort of realized, okay, we can't quite get this business model figured out, right? And, you know, so that's that's sort of where that, that 1.2, that bridge came in. We're like, all right, you know, maybe we can, you know, just finagle this a little bit uh, and we're just not executing well enough. Then we sort of came to the realization, no, actually, we're executing fine. That's not the problem. The problem is that this business model fundamentally, you know, we need to shift that to the enterprise. And then when Tom came in, that was when we did the, the next raise, right, which was uh, another four, right? Um, and then uh, actually, then <laughs> we had probably the easiest raise in the world after that. So literally, we were we were kind of looking we're like, uh, you know, do we want to go out and raise a full, because uh, at that point, it would have been like a, a full A. And we just had so much stuff to do. And, you know, this was 2020. So, you know, like the, the pandemic stuff was kind of scrolling around. So we just took a smaller inside round. So we did, uh, um, you know, uh, approximately another uh, another four then. And then, and then again, we sort of hit these metrics and they're like, wow, you know, this is really a rocket ship. And then we went out for the Series B. So, so we, we sort of skipped a step in going for the Series B. Um, but, you know, we, we've kind of had a, a long history. So, you know, yeah. we've really got that up experience back in the So just to pick up in 2018, you did the $4 million round. And then the next round was the 2020 $4 million, another $4 million. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. I see. So about $35 million total raised to date. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, cool. And and look, I mean, w- when I look at the cap structure and I look at like some of the things you've described, you you have a new CEO that came in, which by the way, that's a whole discussion, right? And how I mean, we can have a whole, a whole episode on that. <laughs> But how are you managing your personal dilution? I mean, you're doing what you love. You're working with developers, but you also want to make sure you still have some equity left at the end. I mean, are you diluted like crazy? Totally. I mean, look, uh, anyone who gets to a company of this size is going to be diluted, right? I mean, I, I, I've got, you know, honestly, I've got enough equity for me, right? It's always hard to say, right? You know, exactly what metric I should be using. Um, what do you think most of you at your stage are? Like, do you think, you know, it's a win for them if they still have 20% equity? I think most founders at this stage aren't at the company anymore, um, is, my, is my honest answer, right? And, and so I will say that, you know, of the founders that get to, you know, a successful series, it also, it really, really, 
I think of it less as me personally and more what do the founders own in aggregate, right? Because, you know, it also just varies a lot if I'm a How many founder. founders do are, are there? We've got three founders. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I won't tell you exactly what, what percentage I own, right? My, my fundamental view is that as a first-time founder, um, you're going to get diluted as you go through the rounds, right? You should expect to get diluted, you know, call it 30%, you know, with each round. You know, there will be variation there, but really my goal is to make this company as successful as possible and make the pie bigger for everyone, right? And yes, you know, I always do do the math. Okay, you know, assuming Indico gets, you know, kind of a part of this, you know, am I going to make enough money? But frankly, if you're making the company big enough, you know, you should be growing your value at least 30% round over round. So really I look more like, is my, my trunk of highs of worth more or is it worth less? So I don't even know, honestly, what the exact percentage is. Um, I just know like in an exit scenario, I'm going to yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that how you thought about the twenty-two million? You sold about thirty percent of the business. Uh, it's 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 super complicated, honestly, at a Series B, right? And so I don't want to reduce it to just like, oh, you know, we sold X X chunk of the business because you know there's the option pool and all that, right? But you know, sure, in like in net dilution, you know, yeah. somewhere around that. Yeah, yeah. But, well, the reason being is what I'm trying to go is okay. You know, they launched in 2014, 15, 16, 17. They sort of had to pivot a couple times. You know, revenue was around two-ish, two and a half-ish million, maybe a little north of that when you did this round. So I can sort of back into evaluation multiple that you were seeing during COVID. I see. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. like crazy. Cool. Right? So, yeah, so no, so it, it sounds like yeah. sort of 40, 40 to 50-ish pre and something much higher than that, obviously, with the 22 million added post. And you sold about around 30 all in. Yeah, yeah. So again, you know, I, I'm not going to confirm any specific numbers, but yeah, you're, you're in the right ballpark. Yeah. Right? You know, I think you're, you're thinking about the numbers uh, about the right way. How but do you yeah. go from 3 million to 10 million by mid 2022 to set yourself up for a good Series C? Right. So a, a huge part of it is actually our customers have been, have been giving us such incredible feedback, right? So a, a large part of that is upsell driven. We've got a really, really successful partner program. Uh, we, we announced with Cognizant and we're also with the major RPA vendors. So UiPath, Automation, Anywhere, Blue Prism, we've yep. got offerings in, in all of their, their areas, right? But really what we see is our main gap is awareness. You know, we're, we're all engineers. And so the problem is that our tech is really, really good. Our customers love it. You know, they want more, they want more. And people haven't really heard of us, frankly. How many right? engineers later on the team? Uh, we could debate about exactly what the definition of an engineer is, but I'll call it 30. Three zero? Yeah. And how many are on the total team, everybody? Uh, FTEs? Yeah. Um, so, sorry, accepted or working? Because we're, we're growing very fast, so those however numbers you, are a little bit. However you define it. All right, so, uh, we're, we're rounding the corner on 60. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah. And, and yeah. it sounds like hiring fast, you have to deploy this $22 million to drive growth. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we've just got a lot to get done, right? So, you know, we've just scaled up our sales and marketing team, you know, honestly, all, all of those numbers you were talking about, right? Until, you know, three months ago, we did not have a sales team, right? It, it was me and Tom and, and we drove all of that, right? Um, oh, sorry, many, I, that, that's, that's not totally fair. We, we do have like, Mike Borm is absolutely incredible, right? But from like a sales leadership team, like there was, there was pretty much no one. How many quota carrying reps today? Today, we've got three quota carrying reps. And who's the person sort of deciding, okay, the year one ramp period for that first quota carrying rep is X, they, we should, they should hit this quota by this date, et cetera. So, so we just hired a really, really awesome head of sales, Mike Minnelli. Um, so he he's someone that we grabbed from Automation Anywhere, right? Wow. I mean, he was in charge of IQBot. So I, we actually, and this is what I'm so happy about. We actually just did the round at our competitors, frankly, right? Is we've got a lot of competitors in our space. They're selling a lot of stuff that doesn't work. Uh, folks have seen our stuff. They see that it works. And so... You know, we just basically went around to every single one of our major competitors and we're like, you know, that sales rep, they've got a great book of business, right? I want them. 
Uh, and you know, again, they, they saw the technology and they're like, oh my goodness, you know, I've been trying to sell something that does this, but like actually worked for so long. So I'm, I've got a lot of, I'm very optimistic about the rest of That's the churns critical in an ASAS company. How do you think about it? Uh, so, uh, sorry, employee churn or customer churn? Oh, sorry, customer churn, Re- revenue churn from customer so, churn. Yeah, sorry. So, so we, again, we, we really look at net revenue retention, right? So I, I think that, yes, you know, churn is really important. You never want to lose a customer. Like it always hurts. But I think just as importantly, there's so many things that you've got on your, your docket, right? So for us, sometimes we have to say, hey, you know, yeah, that customer, you know, if we, if we, you know, bend over backwards, we could probably save them. It's not worth it. We've got better stuff to do, right? Like we would much rather let them go than the way we think about it and why we really focus on net revenues. We said, look, we've got this customer, you know, they've got a much larger ASP. They're really using us like crazy. You know, let's take the time we take making this customer who's not a great fit happy, really put it into the rest of our customers, make every one of them sort of a screaming reference. And then you end up making it up in themselves anyway. Because mm-hmm. um, again, yeah. like they're using it more, they're seeing more value. So, so how high above, excuse me, 100% is your net dollar retention today? Uh, so it's, it's tough for me to give you like a specific number today, just because you like track it in cohorts, right? So we don't have one universal number. What I will say is like our, our, you know, high performing target there, right. And what we've got, you know, good historic evidence that we can hit is sort of this, uh, 125% like net on a 12 months, um, which because we're growing so fast, uh, comes out to about like 10% rolling 12 months. Yeah. If, if you catch that distinction. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah, 125% net. So what that means is like, obviously, keep the gross churn low, get the expansion high, and hopefully the difference between those two numbers is about 25%. Exactly, right. And that, that that's what we're hoping, right. Uh, and again, we, we think of it in cohorts, just like, you know, if, if we close you in Q4, we're not going to try to, you know, slap you with a 50% upsell, you know, a month later. Right? Yep, now that all makes good sense. Let's wrap up later with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Um. Or book in Conquest general. of Happiness by Bertrand Russell. Doesn't sound like a business book, but it is. All right. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Tom, my CEO. <laughs> <You're> CEO. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the company? Calendly. Um, every single time someone clicks a Calendly link, I save 30 minutes of time. <laughs> number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, six on the weekdays, seven on the weekends. Right. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? I am married and in a new house. Oh, very uh, no exciting. Kids. Very exciting. Okay. And how old are you? I'm 29 wow. as of uh, five days ago. Nice. Happy late birthday, man. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Take us home here. What's something you wish you knew nine years ago when you were 20? <sighs> you are not. When, when I was 20, I thought being an entrepreneur was a euphemism for being unemployed. Uh, and so I would tell him, you're going to be an entrepreneur. And it's so much harder than you think it's going to be. <laughs> Guys, there you have it, Indico. It's harder than it, harder than you think it'll be. And look, it's going from experience. 2014 launched the business, pivoted for a couple of years, still around about a 600K run rate. And even in 2018, then things started to change. New CEO, different product line, more enterprise customers. Today, north of 2.5 million bucks in ARR. They raised 35 million bucks total altogether, serving about 20 enterprise accounts, helping them understand how to man- not just manage their documents, but pull critical pieces of data out so they can scale their businesses. Uh, team size 60 today, 30 folks on the engineering team. We'll see what happens next. Slater, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks for taking me.